So this week on the podcast, we'd like to welcome the reigning Canadian national champion, 2019 NHK bronze medalist, and 17,000 followers. I guess that makes you a YouTube star, Roman Sadowski. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, we better, uh, Kevin, we got to be careful today. We can't say anything wrong uh, for Roman here. We might have 17,000 YouTube subscribers coming after us. Is that right? Is that what I'm understanding? Any publicity is good publicity. Come on, you know that, Mitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we're really excited to have you on this morning, Roman. Thank you for uh, joining us. I know there's lots of uh, listeners in in the skating um, world that want to hear from you and um, want to hear from lots of skaters. It's been a weird uh, 2020. There's a lot of silence, and um, we're just excited, as I said, off the top to uh, to have you sit down with us and and share some of your thoughts on uh, you know the world as it is today, and and a little bit about your career and how you've gotten to where you are today. Um, you know, Canadian national champion, quite a quite an accomplishment, young man. And I uh, a little personal note off the top. I've followed your career since. You were yay high. I know with my mom uh, being a judge in, in the sport and Canadian judge, she's always got a good beat on uh, the, the the up-and-comers in the single scene. So I've followed you for a long time, and it's, uh, you know, just doing some research for the show. It's incredible to see that you're 21 years old now and, um, <laughs> you, you know, the growth and and uh, where, where you've come to today is, is cool to see. It's incredible to see. And, um, again, we're really excited to talk to you. So let's let's jump into it, Roman. We we like to start off by asking our guests um, just how they got started in the sport. Uh, you know, the humble beginnings. Uh, when were you first on the ice? Was was figure skating um, the goal, or was you know, as most Canadians um, get in skates when they're young, it's it's often hockey that's that's kind of the the sport yeah. they go for. So maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, how you started in the sport and um, how figure skating became your vehicle. Well, yeah, you're kind of right on that one. I definitely do want to start off with hockey. Uh, the biggest thing I I kind of felt like being a goalie, so it's pretty far off from uh, skating. There's barely any skating, so I I kind of I kind of told my parents like, yeah, I want to like play hockey, I want to be the goalie or whatever. I always thought their equipment looked so cool. I don't know why, but I thought it was just the best thing I've, ever. And I bet sometimes you uh, you know some of those tough training days when you're falling on those triple axles or quads, whatever it is, you wish you had some goalie equipment on to protect. Oh yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that that was definitely something that I was thinking about going into skating. And so my parents put me in a uh, cam skate or whatever. But uh, one of the coaches there, I guess, noticed me and said, oh, you should try figure skating. And um, if I wanted to ever go to hockey, I could do it any time. But basically, once I started figure skating, I never really thought about going to hockey since, funny enough. You had those. You got those toe picks on the first time, and it was there was no turning back, eh? No, that was it. That was it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you started. Um, so you started working with uh, Tracy Wayman when you were about eight years old. Is that is that right? So pretty young age. Yeah. To start working yeah. With, uh, you know, elite coach like Tracy, and so maybe you can talk a little bit about um, what that was like for you know little Roman, uh, eight year old Roman growing up with um, you know some of the the best coaching in the world. Um, I think it worked out well because I feel like at eight years old, I sort of kind of knew what I wanted, if that makes sense. So yeah, I I sort of kept in the back of my head that like skating was, I hate to say it, but more important than school. 
of, of course, I, I still I still did well well in school and balanced it all out. Um, I went to school right next to the rink. We have one like right next door, so I literally would walk out of school and then step onto the ice. So there was definitely that convenience factor, and I think just pairing up with um, I guess my seriousness in the sport at a young age with the convenience of being there and with like the professional coaching, it just sort of worked out for me. Yeah, no, good. A pretty awesome setup for a young kid. Did you love it at first, oh, really? Roman, or, or, or did it take some time? Yeah, and what, sort of, what yeah. also got you like so into it, I guess, at a young age? Was there someone that you looked up to that you watched or just seeing other people um, on the ice? That's funny. Um, I, I did definitely look up to people growing up. Uh, Jeffrey was definitely the biggest one, Jeffrey Buttle. Um, yeah, I, I watched a lot of skating on TV, I guess, and that was sort of an inspiration. But I don't know, I just, I just think I liked it so much and that I felt like I felt pretty good at what I was doing. <laughs> you can say it, man. You can say it. <laughs> that kind of helps. You're confident, confident, confident from a young age. I mean, that's what I think a lot of the athletes, you know, when you're at an elite level, you're like, yeah, I, I feel it. I think I can do it or I know I can yeah, do it. Yeah, and then even, even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't like working, I, I really, really wanted it to. So I kind of forced it to work in some way or another. And then that's sort of, I guess, um, that like dopamine rush of like accomplishing something sort of just stacked on top of each other and then eventually it just carried on. Does that mentality still stick with you today? Basically, it's a little different. I guess my it's even more focused than before, if that makes any sense. Yep. Um, when you're a kid, I mean, you're still a kid, bottom line. Like, I can be serious about skating, but like right now, it's like really, especially that we don't know what's happening, I have to be really focused on what I have to do and then how to pace myself through a season, that sort of thing. So, it's definitely a little bit of a different mentality than when I was a kid. As a kid, it was like go 100 miles an hour every day, you know? But now it's like there's certain steps you have to take before you can get somewhere, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. And it's, uh, you nailed it. I think as kids, you know, we have that endless energy. There's no repercussions for, for going a hundred miles an hour. Like you said, the next yeah. day you feel, you feel fresh and you're fine, but yeah, for sure. As you, you get older, there's, there's that learning process of, uh, uh, figuring out, uh, you know, what gear you can hit and what kind of recovery, um, is needed to feel fresh the next day. But, um, it's, again, it's just funny to, to listen to you, um, talk about being that, you know, more of that older statesman now and, um, just your transformation. Your transformation's been incredible, Roman. It's, it's been great to see. So, I uh, let's, yeah, let's keep rolling. So you you get into the Junior Grand Prix uh, circuit, 2012-13 uh, season. So if I'm doing the math right, uh, you're born in '99, so you're about 13-14 um, uh, years old. Is that right? Uh, yeah, 13. 13, yeah. So, so pretty young to be on that circuit. I, I saw that you went to, to Lake Placid, and I think it was Slovenia that first year. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you know, you get a couple of years of uh, Junior Grand Prix experience under your belt, and then rolling into the 14-15 uh, season, you you qualify for the Junior Grand Prix final. So, maybe uh, let the listeners in a little bit on um, that Junior Grand Prix circuit um, process and what kind of experience you gained from that circuit and how you carried that into your um your senior career uh, i just want to add one more thing my yeah. my my first junior grand prix was in lake placid right uh-huh 
So I was 13. I got bronze that time. But if you look at the score, my score was like, I think a total of like 160. <laughs> Nowadays, that's like a long program score. <laughs> I, I always tell people not to compare scores because even from, you know, that time, six, seven, eight years ago, things have changed so much. Um, yeah. You know, personally doing, doing the same thing, looking at the scores these teams are getting in, um, you know, their rhythm dance yeah. or their free dance now. And it's like, mm -hmm. man, was I, was I not even in the same stratosphere as these guys? <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think that's a little misleading because there, there's, you know, uh, real changes year to year and yeah. scores are adjusted yeah. as a result. But uh, <laughs> it is funny sometimes to look up. Yeah. Like that. But yeah, what kind of what kind of stuff did you take from from that circuit and, and build on um, moving forward in your career? Um, I think for me, I, what I struggled most with being in the circuit was um, watching other people do bigger jumps that I couldn't do yet. Yeah. Does that make any sense? So I kind of I found myself in the circuit or in the in the final, I guess just prioritizing on like spins and like really good skating and overall packaging if that makes sense but at the same time it still kind of felt bad going on practice and watching all these triple axles and quads when i'm going there up to triple axles, you know yeah <laughs> so, a little disheartening right a little bit and I, and I knew like i still felt like i deserved to be there because of the other things that i did but i definitely still wanted to match up on the jumps and then add on top so my first year that was sort of the feeling so my first junior grand prix year that was with like shoma um right i think nathan was like the second year but it was basically like skaters like shoma right so he was doing two quad toes two triple axles and i remember watching um his long program and i was thinking you know next year like i'm gonna be doing the same thing and then mm. next year next year came i was not doing the same thing <laughs> i was kind of trying so my triple axel, I guess, I landed like when I was, I'm going to say 14. I'm going to say 14. And then I had it for maybe like a month and a half. And then I lost it for like a year and a half. And then that was a disaster. But then my second year at um, Junior Grand Prix Final was the first year that I had quads going on for me. Right. And I was kind of landing quad style here and there on some competitions, but it still wasn't nearly like the progression that I wanted. So it really wasn't what. I guess Shoma was doing the year before. So there's <laughs> been done, right? Exactly. <laughs> it looks so easy, but yeah, I have a year. That's so much time, but obviously it wasn't enough. But uh, yeah, it was it was good, I guess, being able to compete with like that level of skating and knowing that I guess we were the best six skaters, I guess, yeah. somewhat to a degree, right? Because yeah. the final has some some luck involved, but. To a degree, we were like the best six, so that was a big confidence booster. But the the thing that really, I guess, bothered me while I was in that circuit was I wasn't uh, living up to, I guess, the quad expectation at the time. Right, and that's very interesting. Like I, you can you can hear it. You know, I, I asked off the top what you kind of what you learned from from the circuit experience, and and I think the biggest thing is just kind of having your eyes opened, right? Like we're we're yeah. young we're young as we get onto that junior Grand Prix circuit and you're seeing athletes from all around the world that are, like you said, doing these huge tricks and um it's kind of like a whoa moment and a and a realization of, you know, the yeah. work that you have to put in to be to be at the top. So I think it sounds as though that's something um that you figured out pretty quickly and, and 
use that to to build moving forward in your career. And it's it's also interesting, Roman, because I've always thought of you as a skater that is, you know, um, refined. Uh, whether it's you were talking about spins, whether it's your skating skills, your performance, your presentation, you you've always brought that to the table. And and I think. Um, just from the sounds of it, that Junior Grand Prix circuit helped you realize that, that, that that was a strength that you had and was something you could use to increase your points and, and be up at the top. And then, you know, on the flip side, you, you realize what kind of technical um, content you needed to be at the top. So definitely sounds like a, a fantastic experience. What, yeah. what did that 15-16 season, what, what did that feel like to have the quad for the first time? Um, you're competing, you know, senior um domestically but you're doing the junior thing you qualify for the junior round three final once again um what kind of what kind of confidence what kind of air did you have uh rolling into that 15 16 season i i i definitely really wanted to show that the development is happening <laughs> so there was this kind of like 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 i said it's like the self-conscious feeling like i'm not doing what i have to be doing but it was it was it was rolling so there was always i did feel there was improvement I definitely felt I wanted more, but regardless, being able to do that foul, I think was a was a big um, confidence booster going to 15, 16. Uh, later in 16, the triple axel started coming back, and I think I went into nationals trying both axel and foul. Um, albeit maybe not perfect, but I think I, from what I remember, I think 15, 16 nationals was pretty good. Yeah, you were fourth place, and and so that obviously is a, a beautiful yeah. On the yeah, so from what I remember, yeah, yeah, I think that was a pretty good year overall. And then you roll, and then you re-roll forward, Roman. So 15, 16, huge success at the junior level, also at the senior level, um, domestically. Rolling into the 16, 17 season, um, you go for the coaching change. Um, mm-hmm. you, you join the the team at the cricket um, with Brian Orser and, and Lee Barkel, two you know fantastic legendary um, Canadian figure skating coaches and what spurred that move Roman what, what was it and, and why coming off of you know a, a pretty pretty decent season in 15-16 what what spurred that for you and, and what was your experience at the cricket club you know I think like I was with, I was with Tracy since I was eight years old and going to then that was what like uh, I was 16 then so that's right. like eight years, almost 10 years of time at the club. And I just sort of felt like I wanted to, I guess, experience more, um, see what it's like. Um, and I thought, it, I think, honestly, I was re- it was really important for me now that I look back that I could, I guess, go out and look at how other people train, especially like people like Yuzu and Javi at the time. I remember when I, when I went to skate at the cricket that season, I came just before 2016 Worlds. It was really intense. So, so watching that sort of uh, dynamic between Yuzu and having having that opportunity to see, honestly, this might be a weird one, but being able to see that they're not perfect all the time, yeah, was pretty um, important. Because I think I had this uh, mental image that on the very top end, that top one percent, that they're all very consistent every day, day in, day out, and that they really I guess, like, missed a beat in anything. Because, like, Hattie was very consistent in his recent years. So you just assumed that he'd be the same in practice. And same with Yuzu. And I'm not trying to put them down or anything by any means. Mm-hmm. But, like, we're all human. And 
so they do make mistakes. So for me, since I obsessed over being like perfect all the time, it was good to see that you don't have to be perfect every time. It obviously would be really nice if you can go into competition and just switch it when you need to, but to obsess over it during training, it's not really worth it. So just having an opportunity to, to go somewhere and, and learn more things and gain more, I guess, coaches' perspectives as a whole. Right. I worked with I worked with Brian, I worked with Lee, I worked with uh, Tracy Wilson, uh, Joey Russell. Um, I worked with a lot of coaches there, and so I got more, um, I guess, mentalities and perspectives and, and all this different energy in the ring. So it was good that I could experience that. And because I spent so much time at YRC with Tracy and Gregor, that was basically the reason why I decided to um, try to switch over and try something new. Right, and then so you're you're going through that season, um, coaching change at the cricket. Things don't go maybe as planned. Um, you get to nationals, um, you fall down from that uh, you know fourth place that you got the year before. Um, mm-hmm. The junior world placement I would expect is not exactly what you had anticipated it would be, and so you decide to 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 return back to Tracy and, and Grigor, and and so that's you know that's kind of an interesting. Mm-hmm. unique something that doesn't happen very often in skating um you know the the back and forth so what was it that brought you back home so to speak and and how uh, that, how is that the best thing for you roman i don't think like i think if people look at just pure numbers and stats they would think oh just i wasn't skating well so i went back it, it wasn't really like that it was um i think it was quite coincidental that i just happened not to be skating my best mm-hmm. i think just overall being there for the year um, I learned a lot. I, I definitely got to experience all this that I definitely don't regret and really love that I did. But there was still a, a, there was a dynamic with Tracy and Gregor that I just liked better. And it's not something you can necessarily put in words. There was just something... Um, it clicked. It just, yeah. They were, we were just always on the same page. Everything just sort of... it just. I guess that probably came from, honestly, from being there for so long and knowing each other for so long that I guess Tracy Gregor knew me as a as a skater and they knew what to do when, when things were going off or um it just it, it, you just the experience helped, right? And so the dynamic just, just made sense. And that's sort of why I went back. I think you said it right though. No, just uh being able to understand the dynamic that people always look at it as a numbers thing you know people always look at oh you didn't have a good year you could have a good a lot of people have great years and make changes too you know it's just a dynamic that works for you and you have to be comfortable with it yeah and as as i as you kind of started answering that question roman i felt you you know through the phone slapping me in the face a little bit and that that was a problem i had in my career i was so attached to results <laughs> and no but it's true and and <clears throat> excuse me it was just interesting to hear you say that um, you know, people get lost in the numbers sometimes and actually you, you felt that you were still progressing and building. And um, so I think that's an important kind of perspective that you have on the whole thing. So you go back to Tracy and Grigor, um, you start building. Um, and then the 2018-19 uh, season hits and we're, we're met with some success, some international um, senior success. I believe it was Autumn Plastic, is that right? Where um, you picked up the bronze medal? Yeah. yeah. And you're on the you're on the podium there with with Yuzu and and June and and so you know you're 
you're talking about that top one percent you're you're pretty damn close there young man so mm -hmm. um what was that experience like and and how did that kind of you know boost your your confidence um as you you know blazed into this uh new senior portion of your career um basically like i said before with the junior grand prix series like circuit i always felt um i guess sort of behind the jumps mm -hmm. autumn classic was i guess that first competition where everything kind of came together and training going into it i felt like the jumps were way better axles were way better quad saddles were way better i was doing quad toe also so i felt like i was starting to match up i was doing um three quads two axles so that was I guess the biggest confidence boosters and started to come together, the whole thing. And not, 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 and I hate to say it, but I was kind of mentally um, focused on the jumps. So in a way that, that wasn't probably the best thing ever, but then afterwards I sort of brought the focus back and tried to package up a little bit more. But yeah, that was, that was the biggest confidence booster is everything. It was the first time where I felt like, okay, things are starting to click together. Right. And and you feel a little bit more, you know what, I belong here. This is this is where I'm this is where I'm meant to be. Yeah, basically. So I, w I was going on practice and I wasn't feeling like, oh, I'm not doing enough jumps. I'm feeling like 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 I'm watching other people do I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that, too. And then I go do it. <laughs> Hilarious. So the it's it's cool, too, to see the you're going to nationals um, that season, the 2019 Canadian Championships. And um you know you wind up seventh you're your fifth or fourth after the short program but you're trying quads there's quads here there's quads there you're you're trying triple axles so is, was there a growth process that year of, of you know you, you say you were you were more focused on the jumps and um you know was that something was that an approach you and your team had that season was was let's go for broke let's let's see what we're capable of doing and and how many rotations we can get into that short and long mm -hmm. program is, is, was that well, what that? year was this again uh, this was the the eighteen nineteen season, so the that's the eighteen was Autumn Classic, rolling into oh, okay. two thousand nineteen, right? Right. Okay, eighteen nineteen. <laughs> Sorry, we're doing a little history class here. That wasn't that long ago. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> it was it was, um, it was definitely a focus on jumps, but it w it would be Tracy that would uh, make sure it wouldn't go too far into that. I think I was getting pretty hyped up because uh, we introduced the quad toe in 2017, 18. Mm -hmm. And so I think I did it the first time at that Nationals. And so coming back from that Nationals, we just sort of thought about, okay, let's improve that toe, let's improve everything and bring it together. So I was thinking, I guess, more on the jumps and Tracy was the one like reeling me back in and making sure I don't obsess and go too far in that direction. Um, and I guess lose my skating as a whole in general. Mm -hmm. And then the, that's when the year after we started to actually really focus more on the skating, less on the jumps. Interesting. And what I, we, I don't think we've necessarily planned to discuss this with you this morning, Roman, but it seems like the right time to segue. What, what are your feelings on the direction of the sport right now, the, the technical side versus, you know, the, the program component side and, and the way those are weighted and you know you're seeing what's happening um on the ladies side of the sport and just how much success these skaters that are doing these quads are having what's your what's your perspective on on the balance between 
the artistry and, and the technicality of the sport? Um, I think, okay, I think it's good that the sport's growing. I think it's good that uh, there are a lot of people, I guess, pushing it to its limits. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think, I don't think it's necessarily the greatest thing to put those people down, if that makes sense. I think it'd be better if we, uh, I guess, praise those who try to do everything, if that makes sense. Right. Definitely people that are like trying their hardest to, to jam-pack that program, but there are definitely people who are um, definitely trying their best to still bring in more stuff. I don't know if, I don't know if I'm wrong here, but I feel like Nathan gets a little bit of um, just fire for doing that many quads. Little yeah. Bit. No, and I, I do, like especially last year when I watched his programs, like I do feel he is trying to still bring that skating in. Like it's not like he's losing that entirely. Uh, so, like in my opinion, I think he's doing a pretty good job of doing both. Mm -hmm. And I, I think people are really worried about losing that artistic side. And I mean, rightfully so. There are definitely some situations where it's kind of um, jumping in circles. <laughs> Like one pattern turn around, next pattern turn around, next pattern. Right. Uh, I think there are there will definitely be the skaters who there will always be those few that will bring it to the next level. So I think like I think Patrick was a pretty good example mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. um, he got his quads and then he still had that skating that was like really really good. <laughs> so. Like, like, like really good. <laughs> like really good. Let's let's trust a really good. <laughs> so I, I think there's it's, always gonna it's be it's filling in it's filling in the in betweens, right? Like you said. So so being able to like for you for you like working working with someone like David Wilson, right? To, from the choreography standpoint, to fill in those in betweens and realize what jump patterns work great here and there, and that's kind of really what the top are doing, right? Because you only have so limited time, and like you said, everybody's just trying to put as much as you can into that it got especially hard with long programs um try they, they they shrunk it by what was it like 30 seconds i think and they took out one jump but if you time it a jump takes maximum 15 seconds and like i'm talking like the biggest pattern you can take your jump's gonna eat up maybe 15 seconds so that really tightened up everything especially for my long so you have to be very like you know, you got to keep it very strategized to see how you can save time, where to eat time, and like where to milk the choreography and where to just like zone in and do the jump kind of thing. Yeah. Right. The, the greatest. You're you're absolutely right, Roman. The 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 greatest skaters find that way to to tie in both sides of the sport, the the technicality and, and the artistry. And you know you alluded to Nathan. I I think he's obviously a sterling example of of that and it's cool to hear you talk about people like patrick chan um you said off the top you know you really looked up to jeff bottle growing up um jeff bottle won the world championships without a quad right in, in 2008 that's so, true and and quite easily actually it wasn't even right? that close was, exactly yeah. so it, it it does tell you that there there is still um you know there is an importance for sure on that program component side and um, I think uh, we see that in your skating, the, the, the technical side, the work you've done to try to get those quads and those triple axles consistent. And, um, you know, again, as I said, the, the artistic side of the sport, you've, that's something that comes so naturally. It's, it's, it's beautiful to watch. And 
Um, I think we should talk a little bit about David Wilson because you know he worked with he worked with Jeff, he worked with Patrick, he's mm-hmm. he's working with you frequently. What's uh, what's that process like to work with David? I've I've actually done a little bit of choreography with him, believe it or not, and mm-hmm. um, it was quite an experience. So maybe you could let us in <laughs> on what your experiences have been like. Um, he's very artistic, <laughs> in, in in almost um sometimes in a very frazzled way. So he gets his ideas out of nowhere, and you sort of just sometimes you just have to remind him to breathe, and that you know the the creative process is a fun thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> frazzled. Frazzled is a good word. I'm sure he wouldn't mind if he used that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he he definitely he has all these ideas and and. It's sometimes overwhelming, like at the speed at which it's coming at you. You're like, okay, like, like give me a second. I need to learn this. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely really fun. I've been doing basically all the programs I've done. I've done mostly short programs with them, and then my long programs with uh, Mark Pillay. and that sort of that sort of dynamic worked quite a, quite well for the past few years, and that's sort of what we're doing this year also, and. It's just, it's really fun. Anytime David comes to the rink, it's a good time. <laughs> I can say that for sure. And so he does your, he does your short program um, mm-hmm. last season, the, the, the 2019, 2020 season. Let's talk a little bit about that, that um, last year, you know, that had to feel good, Roman. You, you go to, you go to NHK and there you are standing on the podium, um, third place, you know, users there with you. Um, and, and you know this is again one of those moments where it's where you're kind of um you know humbled but also at the same time you're saying damn i i think i belong here now and, and what yeah. kind of confidence does that give you and how did that um you know get you rolling through the next couple of months leading into january where you become canadian champion talk to us about last season and what kind of roller coaster that was for you um so i would say this, like, I was starting the season before. Uh, Autumn Classic was definitely a confidence booster, but after that Autumn Classic, it didn't quite go where I wanted. So like, say Canada wasn't the best. Um, yeah. Just and and honestly, it was it was weird because it wasn't really reflecting my training last year. If that makes if that makes sense. Yeah. I was training like well. I was um, I thought I was in a good place, but then after Nationals the year before, I guess Tracy and I. We sort of both we were on the same page. We both said, "Listen, let's just keep the programs for next year," because like I didn't really do them to their fullest potential, like neither of us felt. Right. So we decided to just use the year before as just a building block, and then go on top of that. So going into NHK, the the training was going really well, and I think just the combined training experience from the year before onto the next year, it just sort of made it enough to finally. I guess put it out there, and that was the big thing about NHK was that the, the it showed me that the training kind of paid off, you know, because I've had times in the past where I'm training really well, and then all of a sudden it just doesn't happen. And so finally, with all that time and experience, eventually it 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 found its way into that competition. So that's why NHK was kind of big for me in that case, because the training was going well, everything was going well, the competition went well. It might be a little bit weird, but there a lot of times where you're training well and it just doesn't work. And so the biggest part was finally everything was starting to come together. Yeah. Being in Japan with NHK, you know, obviously 
there's such a huge support for Yuzu and all that. Um, do you just really feel it from like an audience standpoint too? Like the crowds with you, the vibes are good. Like, I got yeah, the, the, the Japanese fans are really fun. <laughs> it's definitely a really, really good event to be in. Um, it's nice being in a, in a place where skating is so like greatly appreciated. It definitely makes you feel more important than you really are. <laughs> you feel like a rock star. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, you're a celebrity. Yeah. So, so that that's really fun. Um, it's funny because when Yuzu's there, there's definitely a, like a ton of attention there. It's it's it's, it's kind of funny. So, like, let's see. On practice, he takes off his sweater. People start applauding. Like, it's 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 really fun. Like, it's really <laughs> funny. But okay. overall, like, I did feel like the support. Even if I'm not Yuzu, I don't need to be Yuzu. They still love skating, and and I still love performing. Yes. In that scenario. I related a little bit. Obviously, there's there's a, a ton more, um, uh, you know, of a following of for skating in, in Japan. It's you know, baseball and skating. That's it over there. Um, yeah. But you're right. I I think the Japanese fans they they're respectful. They they appreciate good skating, and they're always going to support those that are out there putting their um, blood, sweat, and tears on the line, and and putting that performance out for them. And they respect that. And and you're right. So there is always a a little bit of that extra buzz when Mr. Henyu is around. I remember leaving Escape Canada, I think we were in Lethbridge or something. And um, as you know, the, the Japanese fans always come over in huge numbers to support Yuzu and, and the other skaters at, at those events. And I remember getting onto the bus after a practice one time and he gets on the bus and he sits right behind Alex and I, and we're chatting a little bit. And suddenly I look out the window of the bus and there's about 50 Japanese skating fans with their cameras, with their little Pooh Bears, and they've noticed that Yuzuru is sitting in the bus, and, and so that was an eye-opening experience for me. It's uh, he's kind of treated like royalty over there, isn't he? Well, at NHK, um, I was on the bus, and outside there was a big Yuzu poster, but there was still like 50 people circling around to take a picture of the poster. <laughs> it's it's another level. Um, <laughs> absolutely but it, you're right it's cool it's it's cool to go to a place where um skating is so respected and and again you, you feel you said it you feel important you feel like a rock star like a celebrity and that's um that's a great feeling for for skaters because you know in a lot of places of the world that's that's not the case so it's uh it's refreshing and um it feels good you're, you're absolutely right yeah. but roman you, you you roll into um the Canadian Championships in, in 2020. Where were the Canadian Championships last year? I can't even remember. And by last Saga. year, I mean nine months ago. Hasn't this just been a blur of a summer? It was in Mississauga, dude. Mississauga, thank you. So, <laughs> so dude, you, you roll into Mississauga, guns a-blazing, and I see, I mean, I watch your long program. You've got me, you know, choked up. I come down, um, into the concourse or sorry below um the concourse into the dressing room area i see you and tracy embrace and and you know you're you're kind of hysterically laughing crying tracy's mm-hmm. doing the same thing it's it's this beautiful moment and i i want to ask you about that moment but there was you know you had to deal with the competition beforehand you, you've got guys other canadian greats like keegan messing like um nammers in there they skate before you in the long program. How did you after, deal with no. that? Um, Actually, no, they skated after, yeah. they skated after me. Oh, they did. They skated after you. So yeah, yeah. The pressure's there, right? Like, you know they're 
Um, you know, they're there to compete, and, and these guys right. are fantastic skaters. So how do you deal with that? Um, it was definitely... I, the tough part about the long was I knew how close it was in the short. I think from... If I remember correctly, I think Keegan was in first, Nam second, and I was third. Mm-hmm. I think from third to first was eight points, maybe, and it's off the top of my head. Okay. The thing about like the senior men's events is like eight points is like one jump. You miss one quad, you kind of lost eight points right there. So yeah. I I knew it was it was still very very close, and I was still very much in the ballpark considering uh the content that i had and it was it was hard staying focused from the short going into the long i mean i did whatever i could not to obsess over it because honestly i, I was going to the event thinking and uh, trying to go for the gold to be fair even though maybe not everyone expected it but in my head i was okay like this is very possible like it's definitely in the ballpark yeah so I did whatever I could to stay focused. I mean, I'm still going to think about it all night. <laughs> but I, I definitely did whatever I could. Um, I went out there. I skated, I guess, the best that I could in that moment. I, I don't feel it was the same as NHK. NHK definitely still was cleaner and, and a little more um, free now that I look at it. So when I look back at NHK, it, it felt more like like I was going at it. I was free and there's no hesitation. And um, looking at the long program at nationals, you could see I was a little bit like you could see the tension a little bit, and, and yeah, actually yeah. so. <laughs> you had to go to work a little bit more. Yeah. I li- a little bit. I there was a goal. So. Um, but yeah, and then I finished skating, and I didn't. I was happy with how I skated. I just didn't know if it was enough. And I see the score come up. It's a really good score, and I I know that. I know it's a strong score. Again, I just still didn't know it was enough. And they made me sit at the stairwell. Like, didn't <laughs> I didn't even remember me, that. I don't even know. Like, like could, why could they not get me a chair or something? <laughs> and so they, they guided me and Tracy into this, like, this, this stairwell. And, like, sit here. And then they planted a camera in front of my face. I'm like, hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of stuck there for the two programs. And, um, even even watching the two skate, I still wasn't sure if it was enough. Mm-hmm. And it was a hard 12 minutes or whatever it was that I had to sit on that stairwell. Uh-huh. So I guess that reaction with Tracy and Adrienne, that was just sort of that release of that whole 12 minutes. Absolutely. And and probably, you know, that's at the sort of micro level, but at the macro level, you know, you've you've been competing on domestically anyways on the senior since you know 2013 14 14 mm-hmm. 15 that time so you've been on you've been around and and you know finally you climb to the top of that podium i think you know pressure release is a great way to put it was it was it kind of that you know weight off your shoulders feeling was it something that you kind of looked at as like finally i'm here i've arrived yeah that, that was, i think you just said it perfectly it was it was just like like, I was thinking about it for a while. I was even honestly thinking about it the year before. It didn't happen the year before, but I was already sort of thinking about it. And um, it was a little disappointing the year before that I didn't even get to podium. So we, it was just like we took, we took that building block, like I said, we went on top of it. And 
it was just like, wow, like I, like I did it. Honestly, that was basically what it was. Like, you know what? I did it. Whatever I wanted to do, I did. And that was just, that was pretty cool. So, yeah. Yeah, I can hear, I can, I can hear your, you know, the butterflies in your stomach just talking about it now and you're, you're giving them back to me. It was, again, it was a really cool thing to see just, um, after you had, had, you know, secured that, that gold medal, the, just the embrace between you and Tracy, you know, you've been together for 12, 13 years and all the work mm-hmm. you guys have put in and to reach the top, it's, it was, you know, that's, that's what sport's all about. That, that was, that was truly kind of a, a genuinely, um, happy experience for me to just see you guys, um, at that stage. So that, that was really cool. Um, what a season Roman. I mean, then March comes around, um, COVID and stopped everybody in their track. Um, obviously a momentum killer for you with the, with the momentum you had been building, but you know, we're athletes, we adapt, we, we figure it out. What, what, what has been your sort of perspective the last few months? Um, obviously having some time off the ice, um, and then getting back into it, getting back on, on that horse and, um, have you stayed positive and, and, and improving and what's COVID been like for Roman Sadowski? I would say the first, like, we locked down March 13th. I remember it because it was Friday the 13th. Yep. We all closed. It was surprising for me. I, I remember I remember that day, um, Dylan was actually at our ring, Dylan Moskovich, and he's saying, oh, you know, um, some of the rings in Montreal closed. Like, oh, really? That's, that's, that's pretty intense. And I guess none of us really understood how fast everything's going to happen. And then the same day, like we get a letter from like our city saying, oh yeah, you know, no public facilities are open, everything's closing down. We're like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And I guess the first few weeks are okay. Say, okay, fine. I'm the spring. I'll just take a couple weeks off. It's fine. But then, and then we started realizing like, damn, this could be a really long time. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it, Tracy sort of tried her best to kind of keep me busy yeah. So she got me doing Zoom calls. <laughs> yep. yep. Got to stay engaged, so, right? Yeah. So I was doing a lot of uh, Zoom calls. Um, I was teaching different groups, like office classes at our club. So let's say if I was doing a workout class, I would do it with them. They'd follow along. So it was kind of cool because it kind of forced me to sort of work out whenever I have a group of 13, 14-year-olds who are doing the same thing at the same time. So I can't really look weak in front of them. <laughs> that kind of pushes me to do my stuff. Um, so yeah, it was just keep as busy as possible. It got definitely really boring at times. Yeah. But I mean, like what else is it? Like I'm not, I'm not wealthy enough to just, you know, buy a rink for myself. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I don't think many, uh, many skaters around the world are and and so did you have a little bit of this like why now it's like you know this isn't fair kind of thing just with the season you had the the one before just this happening at this stage of your career is it does that eat at you a little bit or or have you managed to stay really kind of positive and um i think i think you did a pretty good job um I don't know if the timing, I don't know if the timing really bothered me. I think it was just, just as a whole, it happening bothered me. So being that it was in the spring, what sucked was it spring was, it's kind of a time that I can kind of work on some skill development. 
so a little bit of jumps um, because then the program focuses a little bit uh, is definitely gone. So there was some stuff where I could sort of tone down the training and then just focus on some jumping like skill development. And it kind of it kind of sucked in that regard. And I think the biggest part of coming back is just the mystery of when everything will start up again. That was the second thing that kind of still sucks. We still don't really know. Right. And and maybe you can, I mean, we're all dying to know. And, you know, just been talking to people like you and, and some of the other guys on the national team um, with Skate Canada International being planned for a few, just a few weeks from now. Um, I think they've kind of kept the regular time frame of that Halloween um, weekend, <laughs> something around that. And, and so are there still question marks? Do you guys know what's happening? Is Is that tough for you right now to train when, um, you know, obviously you've got to be ready, but there's there's not that kind of shining light, that goal that you're, you're that competition that you're going for. Has, has yeah. that what do you know? I mean, there's so many things around that that are just so weird. First of all, it's not, I, I don't want to say it like this, but it's not exactly a real event, <laughs> if that makes any sense. So it's kind of lost its prestige. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, I think they say it's going to be basically completely all domestic. But I think, honestly, I don't think there's even going to be any international skaters. I think Jason. I think Jason would be the only one. Okay. Just from what I'm hearing. I think Jason would be the only international skater. Well, not a bad thing by any means, but mm-hmm. it's just not the same as what we're used to. Like I'm used to Skate Canada being like 12 people, all international, Yuzu, and a hell of a crowd. Yep. <laughs> that's, sort of, that's sort of what I associate Skate Canada with now. Canada, yeah, you're right. So Skate always tends to be like a really good like turn up, a really good event. And now it's just going to be so bizarre going into a completely empty rink with basically, it can be a mini nationals, but completely empty. Yeah, bizarre. And you're seeing... Very weird energy. Yeah. And on top of that, I don't really know if it's happening. Like, they've been kind of quiet about it. It seems like it's a yes, but I, they have not been telling me or I don't think any of us really like concrete details. Mm-hmm. Such so, a such a fluid situation, right? And I mean, you, yeah, you gotta love that Skate Canada is doing this for you guys, trying to you know keep everybody engaged, give you opportunities to still compete, even though, as you said, it's it's a little bit of uh, um, you know less prestigious with with the lack of international involvement, but a little um, bit. I mean, I, I'll take what I can get, but. It is a little unfortunate. Are there any competition opportunities? Like, are they doing anything locally or even virtually? So at least you guys can kind of like put your program. Um, out there. There's nothing locally right now. Virtually, I don't know. I personally have a little bit of a problem with virtual competition. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't mind. I don't it's mind exhibition. Right I think competition can get really weird. Like, what happens when you freeze out? Do you just convince them that you landed it? <laughs> You've got to have... What if, you got to have What 5G if you did land it? Like, or you can't compete, right? you you got to have that 5G or you're not allowed to compete. Basically. Like, I don't know. I mean, what if someone What if someone just puts a fake stream in? What if you did a clean long program like four days ago and then you stream it in? Yeah. No, I know. It's, I don't know. There's so many things. Like, I totally don't mind doing... Why not do an exhibition? That's fine. But to do actual scoring on it, that's like... A little weird, but whatever. I mean, whatever. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it's 20, 2020, right? And you're seeing it right now with all the, uh, you know, the major North American sports, the the NHL, the NBA, 
Yeah. Um, just these these guys competing in hollow arenas. It's it's bizarre, and you hear them talk about the energy being different and bizarre. And but again, it's it's 2020, and we got to adapt. And um, anyways, I think we're all we're all hoping you guys get an opportunity to to compete this year, whether it's Skate Canada or otherwise, and um, get to you know show off your content, your material, and the work you've been putting in. And so that that kind of brings us back to what's next i guess for for roman sadowski what are you what are your goals obviously we've got olympics um 2022 that's about a year and a half away now um are there plans to increase um you know more quads in the program what's keeping you on track right now and and are are the olympics uh, a huge motivator for you definitely the the big mystery is how they're even going to organize that like let's say let's say there's no world this year how are they going to determine how many spots there are? Like, I, there's just so many things that yep. are so million about. dollar question right now. And I, definitely, it's a huge having an Olympics is a huge motivator. Um, I am still, I, I still do feel it's still quite a quite a bit away, and there's a lot I can do within those two years before that sort of moment to rev up happens. Mm-hmm. So like 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 last week, I literally just got my new long, and the focus for this long, I think honestly, after we did this long, uh, Mark, Tracy, and I, we all sort of thought like, you know what, this this can be a vehicle for, for probably two seasons, considering this season might mm-hmm. might not depend on how we think. So we think, just I'm not going to reveal what the music is or anything, but yeah, it's. I think it's really good. <laughs> it's a good, <laughs> it's a good right? program. You gotta love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love this program. And it's, we don't know exactly what the gem content's gonna be, especially going to Skate Canada. I have to do this program in like four weeks. <laughs> so, no, I don't know what, what I'm gonna do, but <laughs> I, I, I would say I don't think I'm gonna do some like crazy amount of quads. I think I'm gonna sort of, focus on just building this program to the best of its potential because I think it has a lot of potential and just carry that forward for the next season, two seasons. And yeah, just focus on that for now. Mm-hmm. Well, I know we're all, uh, you know, really excited to to see that hopefully sooner rather than later. Just again, the the opportunity for you guys to show what you've um, been working on is, is something I know skating fans around the world um, miss. And uh, so we're excited for that, Roman. Just jumping back really quickly, um, we'll, we'll close up here soon. I know you got to get to the rink to, to get back to work. Um, okay. You know, we talked a little bit off the top about your your social media, your YouTube following. And, and during COVID, you put out, um, during the lockdown, you put out a, a video that kind of went viral. It exploded. Um, you, you titled it Grounded. And um, you know, I've watched it a few times. It's it's a beautiful piece, and um, you just talk about how you you felt grounded. You felt uh, you know like a grounded plane and um, not able to soar. And um, I know that a lot of a lot of my skaters and you know different ranks that I'm teaching at now. There's there's people that um, you know they love that video. They responded to it. They they understand what you're going through. And um, I think it transcended skating a little bit too. We were showing other athletes hockey players, that kind of thing that we work with, and um, really an interesting piece. So maybe you could talk a little bit about 
um, your grounded video and, and your your presence on social media and how you're using your voice to kind of share your story and, and help other people and um, yeah, give us some perspective on that. Uh, yeah, so that video, <laughs> it was a little bit of a contest. <laughs> So <laughs> ever ever the competitor, right, Roman? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, there was an online YouTuber. Um, his name is Matty Hapoya. He lives in like Markham, and he was hosting this, I guess, mini um, short film contest during COVID. Okay. And there wasn't really much of a description. It was just like, oh, make a short film of your experience or whatever. And I just figured, like, I'm not doing anything right now. So why don't I just tell people how I feel? <laughs> so that's basically what happened. And, and it was, um, it was cool because, you know, I do have an interest in that field in general and it, it just forced me to, first of all, I had to crunch cause it was like, I think I had to do it within three days or four days. Oh wow. Maybe a week. I, I don't know. I remember, I remember it was very tight. But as I was doing, I'm like, I don't even know if I'll make the deadline, but mm-hmm. I was going to post it regardless, even if I didn't make the deadline. Right. And so it was just, it, it was a contest. I wanted to participate. I didn't have much to do. Um, so I decided to just pour in whatever I'm feeling at the moment. And a lot of that is that I couldn't do anything. And that's the whole idea behind being grounded. And obviously, Again, it was it took off, got viral. What kind of were you hearing things from from fans, whether it be through social media or otherwise? What what were some of the things people were telling you about uh, the way they responded to your video? Uh, it's funny because like like I I post these videos on YouTube and like I know people watch them, but then you also don't realize that people watch them. And so <laughs> if I'm having like different conversations with people and they're like, oh, I liked your video, I'm like, oh my god, you watched it. <laughs> So there is that little bit of disconnect, um, but it went far. I remember Skate Ontario emailing me and asking me if they could like show it somewhere. I'm like, sure, why not? So it it definitely surprised me. I, I didn't expect it to go that far, but I mean, good for me. <laughs> what what got you into this like content creation place? Because I mean, you're doing some amazing things as far as yeah. Let's just talk about like transitioning and the videography and whatnot. Um. I mean, there's a lot of inspiration from different places. I think you guys know Casey Neistat very well. You're, no. I was gonna say you're either a Casey Neistat or a Peter McKinnon. Take it. Casey is from New York. Peter McKinnon's in Toronto. Um, I love both their content. Uh, really good vloggers. I like that sort of style. Uh, really down to earth. Really real. And so. I remember I was watching Casey in, in, I think it was like 2015, 2016. When I first saw him, like, yo, that's like really cool. Following him around and I was thinking, you know what? Like, why don't I do the same thing, but just skating based? Because there aren't that many, I guess, skating vloggers, if that makes sense. Yep. Like, there aren't a ton. So I figured I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. <laughs> and Something so I do. <laughs> And did the, yeah, that was sort the, of the inspiration. Yeah, you talked about it being a sort of a competition there with the um, short film submission. So did you end up making that deadline, and and did you did you win, or how did that? Turn I, out? I I made the deadline. I made the top. I don't remember. Was it top five honorable mention? 
Okay. And I think it was top three where there was like monetary uh, prizes. Right. So I did not get the money. <laughs> <laughs> You're still chasing that paper. Well, you know what, uh, Roman, the the video was, again, it was incredible. And, and I know so many skaters that, um, uh, you know, responded to it so well. And we actually made our, my, my dancers at Mariposa, I made them all watch it. And um, That's it cool, was, man. You're just driving those views up. Yeah, exactly. So I'll, I'll take a cut of whenever that money starts coming in, I'll take a little cut, okay? All right, all right, all right. Hey, there's, there's ad money and all that. Come on. Yeah, you got you to gotta work it, man. Um, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely Kevin. We got to get the the link to to the grounded video um, when we post this. Yeah, we'll put it up. I'll put it up for the episode for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, that yeah, is awesome. Uh -huh. And if you haven't, if you guys listeners, if you haven't checked it out, you need to. Um, again, it kind of transcends sport and skating, and kind of explains how we all were feeling during this bizarre year. Anyways, Roman, so we'll we'll wrap this up today. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. We know you got to get to the rink, get back to work um, on a Sunday. Love that. Yeah. And, and again, we're, we're really excited to see um, the content you're going to put out this season. And, and man, we hope you guys get to compete soon and that things get back to normal and uh, you're back uh, flying again. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Cool. This was fun, man. It was fun. Yeah, that was that was fun. Mr. Roman Sadowski, YouTube star, skating sensation. He's kind of got his feet and going in a lot of things. Uh, you know, a great personality. I know, Mitch, from your standpoint, you've watched this kid since he was a little baby coming up through the ranks. Yeah, yeah. I said it in, in the episode there. I've been watching him since he was yay high, and um, his growth as an athlete and as a young man has been fun to watch. And um, it's cool to see where he's gotten to. And, and last season was such a success for him i know we all feel for we feel for all the athletes around the world right now but um you know especially for a guy like roman who's you know building momentum off of last season this was a tough uh a tough break but you know you heard in his voice he's keeping a positive attitude he's uh he stayed engaged over zoom through the through the pandemic and um worked on some skill development and he's ready to go he's uh got a new long program um obviously not the same amount of time to train it as you would in a normal year, but we're all uh, we're all adapting mm -hmm. to the situation, and I know we're all um, hoping that Skate Canada International happens in a few weeks, and we get to skating fans get to watch skating again. Mister Mister Roman, too. I, I I would I should have called this out, but the fans who haven't watched him skate or seen him around, this guy's six feet tall, not an average skater height. So kudos to you for right. being able to pull it all in and and do what you do. You know, being a uh, everybody's a giant yeah. to me at five foot five. So I'll just say a skating giant. <laughs> uh, baby woo. Um, vertically yeah, no, challenged right. here. Uh, good for him. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. It's, uh, he's, he's a big boy and, uh, he, he works hard and he, he makes those rotations happen. And I, again, I, I, I spoke to it in the episode, but, um, his refinement and, and the program components out of the sport that, that he brings to the table is, is world-class and, and something I, I always enjoy sitting down in a, in a chair and, and watching him put out a performance because it's it's effortless and it's uh, it's it's gorgeous to watch and um, you know similarly and we were talking about this the you know his skill with uh, with video editing and, and you know the content he can create I think 
everybody needs to check out uh, the, the video that he, this little short film he put together during the lockdown. And, um, you know, again, the, the parallels um, between athletes and, and quote unquote regular people, um, I think we were all feeling the same in the pandemic. So his video really transcended um, the sport and, and told a story. And I think a lot of people could really relate to that. And yeah, I think uh, listeners, you got to check it out. Rome's, so, uh, Romsky on YouTube. R-O-M-S-K-Y. But but like in all seriousness, if you're not following him on YouTube now, which I wasn't and I'm guilty of it, like this he's got some talent. I mean, I I'll say it. I've I tried for maybe six months to a year, and a lot of people have seen my uh subpar YouTube vlogging videos. I mean, that stuff's hard, <laughs> okay, to come up with content to then edit it and do it professionally in the way he's doing it while skating while having to focus on going to events and stuff like that bro this guy is talented and if if you don't see him up there with a casey nightstand or peter mckinnon in the next couple of years um i'll be disappointed because because he's got some good content and an artist is an artist is an artist right yeah you, you, you see Always, that yeah. on the ice and he brings that to his content uh in the digital world as well so it's it's cool to see that uh, kind of translation yeah, awesome. Great great job, Roman. Thanks for coming on, and uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. Uh, like, subscribe, follow us. We'll keep going, man. We'll keep going. Talk to you next week, Mitch. Be good, guys.